So just to set a, the tone again so that we can look at it, uh, we are talking about this book of the priesthood, okay, and that you and I as believers in Jesus Christ are priests. We are New Testament priests uh, called the priesthood of the believers as a, as a, a doctrinal name for it. Um, that we do not need a high priest anymore like the Old Testament have. Each and every one of us have the ability to go directly to God without human intervention. Okay, and that's a joy. Amen. Uh, but with that, as it comes uh, with great power, comes great responsibility. Okay, and that's what we've been talking about. This entire book is designed to instruct the priests on how they should act. And God uses this book and the examples physically back in the Old Testament to remind us that there's a way that the priests, you and I, should act, okay, on a daily basis toward God and toward our ministry. Um, and then we talked about the fact that because we are priests, God has done something special with you and I, and he has set us apart. He has sanctified us, okay? He has made us holy, Okay, but on top of that, the flip side of that same coin is you and I need to sanctify ourselves unto God. So he's set us apart, he's made us special, he's given us a work, okay, and he's given us the ability to serve him and walk in holiness, separated unto him. But he doesn't just pop us on the top of the head with a magic wand, and all of a sudden from this point forward I'm going to be holy, okay, and again, we've seen examples of this all through the Old Testament recorded in, in God's word, but also here in our own culture. You know that priests, bishops, pastors, just because they take on a position of leadership does not mean they are outside of the ability to do things that are sinful. Okay, And we're a few decades out now, but we remember when the, there was a big issue with priests in our country and that they were doing things that were awful. Okay? The point being is, just because you are declared a priest doesn't mean you don't have the ability to stop acting like one. So God sanctifies us, but we have to sanctify ourselves. Okay, We have to take an active, everyday role to act like the person we are. And how many times have we read in the scriptures that you profane not my name? Okay, if you are calling yourself one of God's, you are a Christ-like one, a little Christ, then act like Christ would act. Okay, point taken. Then, we looked a couple weeks ago on things that disqualify you from being in the service of the priesthood. So if you're going to serve and give forth the word of God, there are certain things that disqualified you. And we looked at character qualities, right? Uh, if you were... Uh, broken-footed or broken-handed or crook-back or flat-nosed or, uh, you know, a dwarf or, you know, we talked about all those things and how God uses all those as a picture of if you and I have some character flaws, okay, uh, remember you can't, you can't stand, you can't walk, you can't bear somebody else's burden, you are unable to, I wrote a couple of them down so I wouldn't forget, uh, you don't grow correctly, okay, you are lacking wisdom and discernment, you, don't, you can't see, you're blind, you have a problem with your vision. Okay, All those things God was picturing. All of those are things that in our lives aren't necessarily sins, but they're areas we could get better. Okay, If you're not growing in your faith, doesn't necessarily mean you're in sin, it's just you're not growing. Okay, If you don't have proper vision of the ministry and what God wants for your life and for his church, it doesn't mean it's a sin, it just means... You need to expand your vision and look at things the way God looks at things. 
if you're not necessarily able to minister or serve someone or bear somebody else's burden, it doesn't necessarily mean you're sinning. It just means you're not stepping up and being the person you ought to be. Okay, so those are character things that God says, listen, don't expect to be able to serve me and minister the word of God effectively if you're not going to step up and be the person you need to be. Okay, um, one of the biggest things is uh, growing up with the kids is they get to a certain age and they're able to drive the car, okay? They're able to drive the car. Doesn't mean they have permission to drive the car, okay? But they're able to. They are of the age that they are legally uh, recognized to be out driving, okay? Um, but you watch their behavior around, uh, around the rest of the house and you realize, I am not giving the keys to the car to this kid right now, okay? Um, one of the comedians... Um, was talking about this and saying, you were sitting at the dining room table saying, uh, you know, Dad, it's going to be six months and I'm going to be able to drive. And you flash back to last week where the kid did a wheelie on his bike and crashed into the mailbox. You know, and you're like, oh. Just because you are able to do something doesn't mean you're necessarily ready to do that thing. So God's saying, listen, there are some areas of your life that Hey, you ought to be checking out, giving yourself a once-over to make sure. You know, if you look at me, and I know I'm not on video this morning, I am absolutely prepared to go run a marathon. Okay? All right? I am not in marathon running shape. Could I be? Sure. If I, that was a goal and I understood that was something I needed to do, I'd have to work on this physique of mine and get it prepared to do a marathon okay um if i were going to be entered in an all-you-can-eat smoked brisket contest i probably fit that one a little bit better okay you understand that different parts of our lives if we are going to be just because you are alive and functioning doesn't mean you're prepared to carry on the task at hand and that's what we talked about not necessarily in sin but just not in your own behaviors ready for God to use you as a priest. And we talked about that. He says, listen, if that's your case, get those things right. And if you remember, and we'll deal with this in a minute, this is an amazing picture as well. He said, you can't serve the bread, but you can still eat the bread. You remember? So we know that picture is, you know, the bread of life. You, can give, you can't give it to others because you're not ready but you still can feed on it yourself and get yourself ready. Okay, get your life ready. Then last week we talked about this idea of being fearful and at awe when it comes to touching God's holy things. Okay, and we, we looked at uh, Uzzah when he tried to stop the ark of the God from falling off the cart and a God struck him dead. And we talked about it over and over that said, listen, you better be ready to disqualify yourself because if you approach God's holy things and his ministry and his word and you're not ready, that's serious business. And there are too many people who don't understand that in this world today, that they think Christianity is just some happy little game that they can play and don't realize when you come near to the holy things of God, you would better be careful on how you handle it because God in his word has struck people dead Okay, because of approaching those things which were holy and not being in the position that you should be to 
do that. Well, we continue on that thought. So that was all review to get where we are today. Okay, because we take it one step further. But if we didn't put those steps in a row, this one step further doesn't make sense. So let's go to verse 3 of chapter 22. Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations that goeth unto the holy things, which the children of Israel have hallowed unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. Now we're talking about something different. We're not just talking about, listen, if you have got a broken foot or if you've got some behavioral issues in your life that need to get straightened out, okay? Now we're talking about if you are unclean, meaning if you have sin in your life. So we talked about, okay, there's some areas I need to grow up in over here, but now we've gone a different. You're prepared, you're ready, but there's sin in your life you're not dealing with. You are unclean. God says, don't come near to deal with my holy things. Okay, you are not ready to minister if you've got sin in your life. But there's an amazing thing here that I think is uh, important for us to see. Um, there's a phrase in the scripture that occurs dozens of times. And it says, you shall be cut off from amongst my people you shall be cut off from amongst the children of israel shall be cut off from amongst the people you shall be cut off from amongst the people where there are things where god reminds us that um there's harsh penalty okay but this is an interesting phrase and i want this to be sure that we understand what he's saying if you are a priest if you have prepared yourself to serve and you are not and you're in sin, God says, you're not cut off from me and the people, but you are cut off from my presence. Okay, and that's a very important thing for us to understand. God does not break promises. God does not violate his own covenants. If you are one of God's children, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are a believer, you are guaranteed to remain a believer. There are people who will try to teach that you can lose your salvation. God never breaks a promise. God never violates a covenant, especially a blood covenant. So here, God is not saying, listen, if you are a priest and you have sin in your life, we're, we're, the covenant's broken. You're out. You're kicked out. You are no longer one of my people. You are no longer a believer. He says, you are cut off from my presence. There's a big difference. Um, this word here, on your way, turn to First uh, John, if you would. Turning to First John. So Dan has been dealing with this, but I'm not stealing his thunder because he already taught this a couple of months ago. So we're all set. For us to understand what we're talking about here, how this affects you and I, 1 John chapter 1. Yep, 1 John chapter 1. Now this word here in the Bible I think is amazing, and we'll look up a couple of cross-references here. This word, cut off from my presence, 
means you are no longer before my face. Okay, and that's a phrase you find in the scripture quite often. Um, as a matter of fact, the Bible describes a, an intimate friendship as face-to-face. Okay, now granted, I know that none of us, if you do think you see God's face right now, I've got a couple of doctors and nurses I'd like to call for you. Okay, we can't literally see the face, but it is that it, you are... You ever have say to somebody, just get out of my face? Okay, have you ever wanted to say that to somebody? Okay, okay where you are just... Remove yourself from my presence. I can't deal with you right now. Okay? I've said that to my children. I've said that to other people. Does that mean if I said that to one of my sons that he's no longer my son? No, it just means I'm not ready to deal with you right now. Okay? Until you get yourself in the proper attitude, just get out of my face. Okay? And that's a colloquialism we use today, but that's exactly what God is trying to say. He's saying, if you've got sin, if you've got issues in your life, don't expect to stand face to face with me. We've got some problems. There's a broken fellowship. And that's where the issue comes into it. Our sin as a believer doesn't remove us from God's family. But our sin as a believer can separate us from a fellowship with God. Okay, and that's what we're dealing with here in Leviticus. But here in 1 John, it reminds us of that truth. Okay, and I, I couldn't not teach this through this passage just because it reminds us. So if you would look to verse 6. We're in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, so that's what we're talking about. If we say we are, you know, in his presence before his face and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So this is what we're talking about. Same thing we're talking about in Leviticus. If you are going to have uncleanness in your life, then you are going to be removed from my presence. Get out of my face until you get it right. Okay. If we say we have fellowship with God, but we're walking in darkness, we're lying. And now the truth is not in us. We'll get back to that later on. But look at the next verse, of course. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Okay, now I love this passage. This is an amazing thing. But before we go any further into it, listen if you would. I'm going to just read. You can flip there if you want to, but I'm going to just quickly hit these myself. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. First Chronicles 16, 11. Listen to what God's word said. And there are other verses that say this, but... These ones just have straight to the point, no messing around. 1611, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. Seek his face. We ought to be in a place where we have daily fellowship with him without any hindrances. Okay, Psalm chapter 105, verse 4, same thought. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. You ever have a relationship in your life where you want to go be with that person, but you had a little tiff with them? Come on, if you say you're not having tiffs, you're lying, and the truth is not in you. Okay, Um, we have issues with our spouse, with our children, with a friend, a best friend, co-workers, and you even long. I have had 
little things with best friends of mine. And you're like, I'd like to go watch the football game with them, but you can't because you're still in the midst of this little thing. Okay? You're walking through the kitchen, mumbling at each other, avoiding each other because you and your spouse had a little scuff there, and you haven't both gotten it right yet. And there's broken fellowship. And you can't just look at each other. And then you know that uh, one of the people in the group will just say, um, so w- would you like some ice cream? And you're like, okay, wait a minute. This is nice, but until we deal with the issue here, we're not going to make nicey-nice until this is taken care of. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, this is the same idea with God. Until we deal with the issue that's separating us from that fellowship, until we look him in the face and confess our sins, we'll get there in a minute, okay? There's broken fellowship. This is that same thing. If you and I are going to be successful priests ministering God's word in this world, we can't be cut off from the presence of God. And why in the world would we think we want to be? If I'm going to be taking God's word and trying to describe the Son of God, Jesus himself, to this world, but I'm not standing in the light of God's presence, why would I think I would be successful at all? It's uh, like listening to someone who's filing for divorce about how wonderful their marriage is. Oh, my marriage is so wonderful. I thought you were filing for divorce. If you have a big problem with your relationship, don't try to go out and give advice to somebody else. Well, it's the same thing with the Lord. If we're going to be serving him, sharing the word of God, ministering, we ought to make sure that our relationship with God's presence is correct. And there's nothing violating that. All right? Um, eh, I don't want to go there quite yet. So he says... If we walk in the light as he is in the light, now we're reminded, there is that fellowship. Uh, sometimes we look at this passage and say, if we say we have fellowship with God and live in darkness or walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, we have fellowship one with another. But don't forget that one passage, that one little phrase where it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that means we are in fellowship with God. We are walking with God in the light, face to face. And there's other verses. You, we talk about you know, taking the word of God and beholding in a glass our own face okay, that we can clean up. and act. But we have fellowship one with another. Man, I, I, every lesson that Dan has taught over the last six months has gone through my brain when I read this passage because we have fellowship one with another. And how emphasized John has been, putting this emphasis on our relationship through the love of God with other believers is an amazing reflection of our closeness to our Heavenly Father. When you are close to God and you are keeping His commandments and doing what He wants to, it automatically brings us into a special relationship. It cannot be avoided. It's the flip side of the same coin. If you're not going to be serving God, if you're going to have sin in your life, you're going to have issues with God's people. Okay, And that's why, isn't it amazing? And again, 
I love how God continually puts so many facets to this. If somebody is struggling with their faith or struggling with sin in their lives, you know one of the first things they do? They stop coming to be with God's people. Because if you are not walking in the presence of God correctly, it's very difficult for you to walk in the presence and fellowship with God's people. These things are so important. People, ah, just go to church, it's a waste of time. No, it's not. There are so many facets to be here. It's not just that we can encourage one another and weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. It's not that we can just learn from the Word of God. It is a diagnostic tool that God uses in our lives to make sure that we're walking correctly. Because if we have the proper fellowship with God, we then have the proper fellowship with His family. If you don't have the proper fellowship with His family then you've got to wonder a little bit about your fellowship with God. And if you don't have a proper fellowship with God, you wonder why people all of a sudden aren't coming to church like they should. Because if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Okay, And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. It's an amazing thing. Now, we'll get back to this word. I want to point it out to you just now because we're going to talk about it here in a minute. It says, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sins. That's an important phrase when we consider some of the stuff we already looked at. But I I just want to point that thought out to you and I. So this is a passage that is written to believers. Okay, this is not a salvation passage. We are already Christians. We are already serving God. So this issue is... Are you and I going to have a life of unbroken fellowship with God? Now, please, this, it's important we get this. Um, all right, let's look at these verses now. For, uh, Psalm 66, verse 16. You say, Pastor, I still don't understand what you're saying. Psalm 66. What do you mean broken fellowship with God? I don't get that. What do you... Uh, out of his presence. Psalm 66, look at verse 18. This is one of the easiest verses when we're making this comparison in our lives. The Bible says, If I regard iniquity, sin, in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity, sin, in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, does that actually mean God won't hear sounds that come out of your mouth or thoughts that are in your head? No. We're talking about you are no longer in his presence. Get out of my face. If you regard, if you know it's there, that iniquity, that sin, and you're not going to deal with it, your fellowship and relationship with God is hindered. That's what we are talking about here. Okay? So when he says, I'm going to cut you off from my presence, we're not talking about salvation, but we are talking about the ability to have this proper relationship with God. Okay, another one here is in 1 Peter. And this hits home with marriage a little bit. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter 3, 7 says this. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together with the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. 
God says, you know what? If you don't have the proper relationship with your spouse, your prayers can be hindered. Sometimes we don't talk about this stuff, that there are things in our lives that if we don't deal with them as issues, our relationship with God can be messed up. That's what we're talking about. If you regard sin in your heart, if you have uncleanness like we're talking about here in Leviticus, God will say, listen, get out of my presence. I can't deal with you right now. You're not going to be able to serve me. You're not going to be able to, to minister in the tabernacle until you get some things taken care of in your life. Now, back to 1 John, because this continues this, I love this, and it reconfirms, again, exactly what God's trying to say. So then he says, if we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now this is the amazing part. Notice, and Dan covered this much better than I will this morning, that if we say we have no sin, singular, okay, this is talking about our sin nature. You and I are sinners. We cannot do anything about that. I would love to know that uh, if God decided that once we accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, he went, boing, and our sin nature disappeared. It doesn't work that way. We are still sinners, okay? And that's the point. We have to be double-checking ourselves continuously because we can violate and become unclean. That's why so often, and we're going to look at it through the rest of the chapter 22 in Leviticus, where he says, if you do this, you're unclean. If you do that, you're unclean. If you do this, you're unclean. You're like, well, goodness, Lord. Everything I do can be unclean. Exactly. you got to continuously check. Lord, is there anything in my life that I'm doing that's going to mess up my relationship with you? Because the thing we should cherish most is that unbroken fellowship with God. And this is crazy to me because I'm also a sinner and I know this in the bottom and the depth of my being that if I do certain things, I can have broken fellowship with God, yet we still consider doing them, don't we? So, Lord, you don't want me to do this, but you know what? The flesh starts saying, yeah, but yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you're going, I'm sorry, Lord. I got to take care of this, don't I? Now, you ever have a relationship, and this is, again, we've talked about this in this passage before. If you walk in the light as Jesus, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If I walk up to, G- to Jim, and I instantly say, Jim, you're just a, an idiot. And it automatically, because I'm walking in the light, and I have open fellowship with God, God instantly says, Craig... And I say, sorry, Jim, I didn't mean, that came out wrong. That was in the flesh, I'm sorry. And God instantly deals with my heart, and we can continue to have that unbroken fellowship because I'm, I'm standing in the light of God, and he instantly dealt with my sin right then and there. Okay? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, right at that part if I'm walking in the light. But the problem is, I don't always do that, do you? I choose and say, you know what, 
this is going to maybe mess up my testimony or my relationship with you, Lord, but I'm going to do it anyway because I want to because I'm still a sinner. That's when we can say, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. See the difference? I am a sinner. Okay, If we say we have no sin nature, we're deceiving ourselves. We're liars. But if we confess our sins, plural, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, plural. I still have a sin nature. That is still going to be there. But God can take care of the sins that are separating me from him. It's an amazing thing. God doesn't break a covenant. We are, I can't be unborn. I will always still be his child. But there are things that can separate me from his presence. So I'm going to have this sin nature that's in the background all the time wanting to do its thing. And I can stay in fellowship with God. But if I mess up, and he says, listen, get out of my face till you get yourself right. I can come to him and say, I'm sorry. And he'll take care of those sins which have the fellowship broken. So if my wife and I have a fight, never happens. We have the perfect marriage. Okay? If we have a fight, does that mean we're not married anymore? No, of course, we still are married. We still have a, that death to you part covenant. So just because we got on each other's nerves and maybe said some things we weren't supposed to and just... Our fellowship is broken. We get together, we deal, I'm sorry, I was in uh, the wrong mood, I I lashed out. I'm sorry too, I shouldn't have responded to your stupidity. And the relationship can be repaired. It was never thrown away just because we had an issue. But the sins that occurred can be taken care of and fellowship can be restored. Okay, so now we look at this again. Back in Leviticus. So I told you to keep that finger and idea on cleansed. So I want to go to... Back to Leviticus chapter 22. If he confess our sins, he can forgive us our sins... And cleanse us and make us right again. Back to Leviticus chapter 22. We go to verse 4. So he says, listen, I'm the Lord your God. Get out of my face until you get your uncleanness dealt with. Verse 4. What man whosoever of the seed of Aaron is a leper and hath a running issue. We'll stop there for a minute. Now God is, again, doubling down on this. You remember, I'm not going to go back and reteach it. But leprosy is a picture of sin in the scripture. Okay, And the, ma- the amazing thing about leprosy is it was never healed, it was only cleansed. Okay, A leper continued to have the potential of leprosy in his body. Any, anybody ever, uh, or cancer survivors here? And they use a phrase in cancer that says your cancer is in remission. It doesn't mean it's gone It just means it's not actively growing anymore. It's in remission. You still have in your system the potential for that cancer to be there, but right now it's in remission. It's not healed, it's just cleansed. You get the point? Leprosy was like that. Leprosy was continuously in you, it just wasn't active. 
Because it's just like sin. I have a sin nature. Sin dwelleth with me. Remember what Paul, the Apostle Paul says? He has a, man, this body, I wish. Oh, wretched man that I am. Sin ever is dwelling with me. But the question is, is it active? Is it growing? So what did a leper have to do, guys? Every morning, they got up and checked to make sure none of that leprosy was coming back. What are you and I as Christians supposed to do according to what we're talking about? If you have some uncleanness on you, check yourself out and get it dealt with. Okay, so let's read the rest of this passage here to verse 6. Or hath a running issue shall not eat of the holy things until he be clean. And whoso touches anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man whose seed goeth from him, or whosoever touches any creeping thing, whereby he is made unclean, or a man of whom he may, um, he may take uncleanness, whatsoever uncleanness he hath. The soul which hath touched anything shall be unclean until the even, it shall not eat of the holy things unless he wash his flesh with water. God says, listen, if you get yourself unclean, go wash up. Right? I am a hand-washing nut. Okay? I just, I don't know if it's an OCD issue, whatever, but, you know, I, I could wash my hands put a pair of gloves on to go stoke the firewood, take the gloves off, and I still go wash my hands. I have gloves on. They're not dirty, but I just, well, I don't know why. I just don't like the feeling of anything on my hands that might be unclean, okay? I've been that way forever. Just uh, don't like sticky feeling on my hands, okay? I'm continuously washing my hands probably too much. I know some people who don't wash their hands much at all. Especially, and again, not to be uh, overly crude, but this is just an encouragement to us as uh, God's people. Gentlemen, if you walk into the restroom and touch things in the restroom, handles, personal areas, and you don't wash your hands on the way out of the restroom, I, I want to just shake you. I want to pop you in the brain. Okay? Wash your hands. Okay, there are things in that restroom that I don't want your handshake to give to me. Please, guys, honestly. So there's a commercial. But I'm just saying, there's been places in my life where I am in the restroom and I hear somebody come in, do their business, especially a public restroom, to come in, do their business, walk out without washing their hands. Ah. Okay, clean up. That's the issue. Wash up. If you've got something that might be unclean in you, get clean. That's the issue. See where God's pointing out? He says, listen, if you've got uncleanness, we're going to have to separate here to, for a while until you go wash up. Because I, I can't have that. I'm holy. I've sanctified you. Sanctify yourself. Go clean up. Then we can have the proper relationship. So leprosy, and again, remember the picture of leprosy, it's an amazing thing. Leprosy, more than anything, is a numbness to the feelings, the nerve endings die. So, I don't know about you, but probably they're healing up now. 
because of dealing with hardwood now and then throwing it in the wood stove, you wind up getting scratches and splinters and everything like that. Imagine if you had a scratch or splinter that you couldn't feel was there. And you know what happens after one day. One day you're like, ow. And then you wait a day or so for it to get a little bit more infected, so you just give it a squeeze and it goes, pop, comes out, because your body's doing it. Imagine if you couldn't feel when you were hurting yourself. Imagine you stub your toe and you break it, and you don't even feel it's broken. And you continue to walk on that. Okay, there's some of us right now who have issues that we're hoping will heal up. Imagine if there's pain there and you couldn't even feel it. You're doing damage more and more and more to your body, but you don't even know you're doing damage because you can't feel it. Well, that's the same way sin works. If we're not careful, we're not looking out, all of a sudden you get numb to it. And you're hurting yourself, and you're doing your life damage, but you don't even know it. And before you know it, you're so deep in it, it's hard to get rid of it. And it eats at you, and you're just never the same. God, we talked about this. Very, God gives two chapters in this book to describing leprosy. But he says, listen, clean up is the issue. So how do we clean up? God says, wash with water. Thank you, Harley. The water. Ephesians tells us, listen, that you wash with the water of the word. Look, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians 5, 25. And then we'll jump right back over to John for just a second because I want us to see. Ephesians 5, verse 25. God says, Husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church. So we know who we're talking about, the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it. Aha, there's that word again. Not forgive it, but cleanse it. Same word we use for leprosy, same word he uses in John. Sin nature will continually be with us, but he can cleanse us. How? By, uh, that he might cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. That he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Wrapped up in a lump sum there. Wash yourself up, church, because God wants you to be holy, sanctified. How do you do that? The Word of God. Now, this is interesting to me. It's kind of a catch-22 here in the picture. Um, He says, if you have a behavioral issue that... You're not sitting, but you're not growing up. You're not serving like you should. He said, you can still eat of the bread, no problem. But here, he says, if you have sin in your life, you're not allowed to even come near to the bread. It's not going to be useful for you. He says, don't even eat until you've washed up. Now, how many of us realize that when we told our kids, it's supper time, go wash up, that that's a biblical principle that's been around for thousands of years? If you're going to eat the bread, you go wash first. Okay. Well, here he says, listen, don't even eat the bread until you've washed up. Because if I regard sin in my heart, 
The Lord will not heal me. My, my fellowship with God. We pick up the word of God and see, guys, this is why it's important. Even how, if you do a daily Bible reading, says, yep, knock those two chapters out today. I'm all set. I, you know, it was right on the list of what I had to read. Did you check to see if you were clean first? Or is it just making two chapters go away? We think maybe that uh, we're, God's going to speak to our heart. Well, how's he going to do that if we're not in fellowship with him? If we're cut off from his presence, but we pick up his book and we ask him to speak to us, but how's he going to speak to us when he can't even hear us and we're not in his presence? See, sometimes we do it like, hey, buddy, another Sunday morning in church. Check that one off. God is so happy with me today because I was uh, in church. I earned brownie points with God. Oh, really? Oh, I read my Bible this morning, just like I've done for the last 12 years. Isn't God happy with me? More brownie points. Have you checked your uncleanness? Because, you know, that Bible reading can come and amount to absolutely nothing if you have sin in your life and you're outside of God's presence. There's a phrase that we've used many times. God is more interested in us being who he wants us to be than doing what he wants us to do. You can read your Bible every day faithfully doing that. But you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people in this world who are doing things thinking they're impressing God when they are not being who God wants them to be. If you have sin in your life, if you have issues, then you're not checking yourself. Now, please, I'm trying not to lay it heavy on us. You're a bunch of rotten sinners. What I'm trying to say is, check yourself every day. That's what a leper would do. Could you notice God says, listen, you will be unclean until the even. Why? Because God's promises are new every morning. I know I get up today and God says, all right, son, let's have another day and see what we can do. He doesn't go, well, for the last three weeks, you idiot. We're unclean until the even. Then we start all over again. But God says, listen, if you want to bypass that, he says you're unclean until the evening, unless go wash in water. Well, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. i got to wait till tomorrow to be clean? No. Go wash up. Now, here's the amazing part. You can't feed off of God's word because God doesn't want to have any fellowship with you when you have that sin issue. Get out of my face. But he does say if you take my word and let it fix your heart and confess that sin, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of that sin and I will cleanse you. There's that word, cleanse. I'm never going to be perfect. Well, I mean, what do you want? I have a sin nature. But you know what? I, I love the fact that if I mess up a little bit, I can go to my Lord and say, I'm sorry, Father, and he's willing to cleanse me. I still have a sin nature. I ain't perfect yet. It's coming. Remember, he promises the redemption of our body. The whole universe groaneth and travaileth in pain with us. Someday, I'm going to get a brand new body that doesn't have to worry about sinning anymore. But today, that old nature's still there. But if I confess those sins, he can cleanse me 
and I can be in his presence again. So again, the title of this morning's sermon was In His Presence. So we saw these things. He sanctified us. We should sanctify ourselves. We could disqualify ourselves because of things we aren't ready for. But we can always disqualify ourselves because we're sins we don't deal with. We'll deal with the sins and walk in his presence. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. Understand how amazing our God is. You who were dead in trespasses and sin, he has quickened and made alive. What we have in Jesus now is an amazing thing. Before, without faith is it impossible to please God. Now, we can walk in his presence every day. Check your hands. Make sure they're not dirty. Go wash them up. So that we don't have anything making us stay out of God's presence. And to this week, today, the rest of this day, if you're saying, Lord, bless the things, maybe there's somebody I can tell about Jesus, maybe that coworker, maybe that neighbor, maybe that family member. Well, you know what? Make sure you're face-to-face with the Lord before you go see him. Because if you're not in right fellowship with God, it's hard to be in fellowship and do and serve him the way you're supposed to. All right? Uh, the, the note I have here to end the sermon with And the whole theme of what we uh, looked at this morning is priests need to be actively dealing with sin in our lives. Actively. Every day. Okay? And don't feel depressed about that. I hope you're not going, I'm a rotten sinner. We have the ability to get the sin out of the way and serve him 100% and walk in his presence. That's the joy of it. There are some Christian religions who want you to feel badly and guilty and terrible all the time because you've committed a sin. God doesn't want that. God says, let's get the sin issue dealt with so we can do the things that I have planned for you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And man, I just tell you that those passages in John, we deceive ourselves, and his word is not in us. We make him a liar, and the truth is not in us. Lord, that idea of your word being so important in our lives. Father, but the one thing that can hinder us completely from being effective, being in your presence, is sin in our lives. And so, Father, I know it's tough to remind ourselves that we've got a sin nature and we've got to deal with it. But Lord, that's not the point. The point isn't to make us feel badly about the fact that we can commit sin. It's just the opposite. We can have an unbroken fellowship in your presence if we just make sure we clean ourselves up every day. If we walk in that light as you're in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. That word is in present perfect tense meaning it is continually cleansing us nonstop. Father, let us walk in that place where we have unbroken fellowship serving you. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.